What is going on and welcome to another episode of The Devil's Advocate. In this podcast, Tim and Jared have authentic conversation covering their faith, spirituality, and what it means to have a biblical worldview in a postmodern culture. Our goal is not always to agree, but to search truth together. Stick around. What's up, everybody? It's Tim and Jared, and we are back for another episode of The Real Devil's yeah! Advocate. Woo! Hey, what'd you think about that video? Surprising response we got when we posted about our podcast. Oh, the video of us? Uh-huh. Because you said that video could have been anything. Oh, uh, that is true. Yeah. That's true. The I video of Tim Tebow playing together. tight end in Jacksonville? That is going to happen. <laughs> I'm marking it down right now. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. I think that's pretty funny. No, uh... I mean, I felt like the video on your page did well. The video on my page <laughs> did nothing, which is typical of my page. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, in general, because you were tagged too, so. Yeah, I mean. yeah. That happens with Christiana too. Really? Like everyone will respond to her stuff on her on her page, and my page is just silent. Oh, you know, I think, like we talked about it before, before I knew how to do anything, I thought Facebook was how you socially, like, networked for all things. Uh-huh. And so I've got a lot of contacts from my other former life yeah. in my industry. Yeah, but the algorithm on Facebook is terrible. Really? Yeah. I think it's like, if you post something, it'll show up on 10% of your friends' feeds. Oh, well, unless Unless it's interact with, and then it'll grow. Well, come on, Facebook. Let's get our act together, mm-hmm. right? Well... That's part of their their algorithm. Oh, that's what they want. I don't and like if you that. if you put a link on it to something else, it drops to like six percent. Wow. Yeah. All right. No more links. Because Facebook's goal is to get you to stay on Facebook as long as they can. I can see that. Like that's what they want. They don't want you leaving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I guess it makes sense. I have personally tried to make a goal now to stay away from Facebook. Uh-huh. Uh just because in prepping for this uh topic today. Everyone gives you mean comments? No, 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 no. <laughs> they do that without gotcha. without any kind of They just of call inciting. and text and yep. tell you how terrible you are. Yeah, yeah. They like to keep me on my feet. Yeah, that's funny. Uh but uh, no, I was realizing how much being on uh social media uh, increases my anxiety. Oh yeah. Because anxiety is really something um that uh over the last two years, I've battled quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, we see that with our kids too. Not really? with social media, but just digital stuff anyway. Yeah. Like the longer my nine year old is on, even the playing like Mario on Nintendo Switch, if he's on it too long, man, he's out of control emotionally. He can't control his emotions for anything. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And because... everything's dramatic. And yeah. Well, it, the science is it shoots endorphins, right? And, it, and it, it's an addictive thing. To be on an electronic um, because of what it does to your brain. and Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I knew there was some science behind it, but yeah. I, 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 I can't quote it. I don't know what it is, but I believe it's it. out there. It was on the internet. So, oh, I wanted to tell you too. So the workaround for social media uh-huh. and the link, I think this is the workaround, is you put the link in the comments and not in your description. That's why people do it. I've yep. been seeing people do it on other platforms. And I'm Tricking like, the algorithm. Put it there? Yeah. Yeah, wow. So the 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 fight against you algorithm that's already happening that could get worse. So Wow. There you I, go. I didn't realize that deck was already stacked against me. Yep. Before I got out there. Yep. So. Yeah, I I used to think that Facebook was a great place for marketing and I've learned that it's you still throw the net out, but you don't depend on it because it's right. probably not gonna catch right. much. Right. Yeah, no, I think I was more just um 
excited for the fact that I think that um, even if it's a small audience, you know, there is an audience out there that is finding mm-hmm. what we're talking about kind of relatable, which mm-hmm. is cool. That's good. Because um, as much as I love just sitting here and talking with you, uh-huh. I'm hoping it helps other people. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> just do it just to do it. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So you're full of anxiety. Yeah. Well, it's pouring out your eyes. It is? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, jeez. Don't make me anxious. No, <laughs> No, it's been, uh, so I got in an accident, and then we'll dive into to what we're talking about like today. Like a car accident? In. Yeah, two years ago, um, I was driving home in Aaron's truck, and it was during a whiteout, and I had to drop the kids off up north to their uh, mom, and on the way back, uh, we live out in, uh, at the time, we lived out in rural Parker, where every house has like their own 10-acre plots, and mm-hmm. it's really open. And I was driving down a road, and I was going 40, 45 miles an hour, and a gal in another truck, the slope was kind of downhill, and she braked too late and locked up, and she went right in front of me, and I locked up, hit her at 40, 45 miles an hour. Head on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember, um, because I had Aaron on the Bluetooth, and I remember screaming, oh my gosh, I'm going to hit her, I'm going to hit her, and then Aaron doesn't hear anything. My Mm -hmm. phone drops. I couldn't get out of the car. It was so smashed in. I had Mm -hmm. to climb out the back and get out of the car. I even forgot to turn it off. It's Mm -hmm. leaking fluids and everything. Um, And uh, that was the first time in my life I realized that, as naive as it is, I'm not in control, Mm -hmm. right? I could have just died right there. And ever since then, I've had constant anxiety thinking about, you know, do I want Aaron to go to the store? Do... Mm -hmm. You know, when I drop my kids off at uh, Courtney's house, are they going to be safe? And mm-hmm. just dumb. It's not dumb stuff, but it is dumb mm-hmm. when you think about it all the time. Right? Yeah, if it starts to, if it starts to manipulate your day to day life, yeah, it can become a problem. Yeah, and that's that's where it was heading. And um, you know, I, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that because today's subject, and uh, we'll, we'll circle around back to this because today's subject uh, is suicide, and. Uh, you know, before we dive in, I kind of want you to let us know, let the listeners know, just from a Christian standpoint, the general view on what happens when somebody commits suicide. The general view. Don't Gen- do it. Well, there's obviously that. Okay. But what is the overall belief of what happens to somebody when they commit suicide from a Christian perspective? Not your opinion, but the, the overall belief. Right. I mean, the answer that you're going to get from the overall belief is that, you know, if you commit suicide, then you've sinned and you're going to hell. Is that kind of what you're getting yeah, at? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that that's where, where I land personally. Sure. Um, and I think it depends on who you talk to. Um, I mean, ultimately, where I land on, on that particular question is uh, that's really not my place. Right. Um, and, I mean— that can go into anything, right? So let's say I'm a follower of Jesus and um, I tell a little white lie and then I die. Does that mean, is it is my going to heaven or hell determined on when I sinned last? Or is, is it dependent upon do I have faith in Jesus or not? Right. And so uh, can you be, you know what, you know who gets a bad rap is Judas. Right, Judas killed Ooh, him. Dive into this a little more. Judas killed himself, right? Yeah. Um, but it was prophesied that someone was going to betray Jesus. Uh huh. It had to be somebody, right? Poor Judas. You know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I mean, it was part of the plan, right? It was Jesus had to be turned in in order to be caught, in order to be crucified, in order to save the world from sin. Right. So someone had to be that catalyst. Yeah. 
And so it was used for God's plan. But I don't know what happens with Jude. Like he he was so in turmoil that he uh, turned in Jesus. Like there there was a a remnant of of repentance there. He went and gave the the money back. Right. Right. He didn't keep the money. He sent it back. He felt terrible and guilty for what he had done. Right. You know, when he hung himself, was he crying out and saying, Father, forgive me? I don't know. I have no idea yeah. uh, what was actually going on in Judas's heart and head um, during those last moments. And we don't know with anybody that commits suicide. Do I take a bunch of pills and then I go, oh, crap, what did I just do? Father, forgive me. Save me. Does that mean that because I took my own life, I'm going to hell? I don't think that I get to be the judge of that. That's not my job. That's not my role as a follower of Jesus sure. is to determine where people are going for all eternity. Sure. My my job is to point people to Jesus and say Jesus uh, can bring you hope. Jesus can bring you life. Jesus can uh, bring you peace. And then all of the judging uh, actually comes between you and him. Because you have the flip side, right? You have the guy that looks like they have it all together but really under the surface is a terrible person that that just loves himself and hates Jesus. Yeah. Um, but really, on the outside, looks like the ideal Christian. Sure. And then you have guy on the other side that maybe has uh, a foul mouth and, uh, you know, is smoking and drinking and, and, and doing all of that. But the reality is, is under the surface, his heart is, man, he genuinely loves Jesus and he loves all the people he, around and, he, and he's doing incredible works of ministry. It's just masked by what Christians would say is not Christian. Right. Um, And so uh, I just think that it's a really slippery slope to start deciding uh, people's fate um, when it's not even our job in the first place. And I love that you say that. And it, Actually, for people who've never listened before, this is... You always love what I say. Well, you're You're a liar. Oh, I'm a liar now. Wow. (laughs) We're throwing accusations around pretty quickly. I'm consistent. Five minutes. Why am I consistent? (laughs) You're consistent because uh, you always bring it back to, you know, it's it's not our place to judge, right? Uh Uh-huh. And that's for the man upstairs. And uh, our ultimate goal uh, is to bring people closer to Christ and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, find eternal happiness. Yeah. Um, I really feel like that's the whole, like the Holy Spirit has lots of jobs, you know, ho- and the Holy Spirit is, is, is part of the God deity, right? Um, and so uh, I don't like trying to take his job and make it my job. Right. Yeah. You, don't, that get, makes you sense. don't get paid enough for that. I don't get paid enough <laughs> to take God's job. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, it's interesting because I, I actually did homework this week. You'd be so proud of me. I am proud of you. Yeah, I, I scoured everything, and I could not find one definitive verse in the Bible where it states that, that whoever takes their life is condemned mm-hmm. to hell. I mean, I found, obviously, thou shalt not kill, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the overall themes that I found right there is that um, uh, suicide is a form of murder. Because uh, you're murdering sure. yourself, and so that's what people tend to jump onto. But I could not find anything sure. in the Bible that and, specifically and it is, said that. I'm not saying it's not a sin, right? You know, I don't. I think that taking the life of another person or yourself is a sin. But I'm also saying that uh, what Jesus did for us, if we have faith in Him and we're following Him, we're still going to make mistakes. And just because I make that mistake doesn't doom me to eternal damnation. Sure. 
Yeah, no, and I, there's only there's only one sin that is unforgivable. The unforgivable sin is basically telling God that you don't want him anymore and you don't need him. And I said this when I spoke a couple of weeks ago that God doesn't drag people into heaven kicking and screaming. Uh-huh. Uh that uh if you don't want to be there, he's not going to force you. So if even if I'm alive and I say, "You know what, God, I want nothing to do with you." Uh and just leave me alone. I think that God will honor that. And that's why I think it's an unforgivable sin is because in my heart, I've already said, God, I don't want you. Right. And so God can't forgive you for that because you've chosen to turn your back on him. Right. So then you think that it has no bearing on um, whether you're a believer or not believer if uh, if you commit suicide, that uh, that where am I trying to go with this? So uh, when I was reading online, there, there, there seemed to be some deviation between if you're a believer and you commit suicide and mm-hmm. you're a non-believer sure. and you commit suicide. Sure. Well, that's just, is death, right? Right. That's the same. Well, I mean, once, once life is over, life is over. So, um, is my faith in Jesus or is my faith not? And so that, that's the decider, not how I died. Okay. Well, and that's good because one of the things I wrestled with is that, uh, um, you know, if you are a believer and, uh, you know, you do commit suicide, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's a million different angles or a million different arguments you could have from there. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's sick of this world and for whatever reason mm-hmm. um, pushed to an, uh, to do an act that yeah. might be unfathomable to a lot well, of people. But and depres- depression and anxiety are crazy things. Oh, my gosh. Like, I I— have ex- not personally, but I have experienced with other people who are close in my life really, really low times where they were on the verge. And man, that's that's crazy turmoil to have to try and live with. And and they were people of faith, people who loved the Lord that said, God, uh, I love you uh, and I want to follow you, but uh, I'm not, my life doesn't have value and I'm not being effective for anything. And so there's no more reason for me to be here. Right. And I mean, that's a really sad low place for someone to be. Um, but does that mean just because you're having a struggle that all of a sudden God finds you unworthy? I don't think so. Right. And we all have, and that's a little more drastic. Suicide is a little more extreme, but we all have moments of weakness, right? Sure. Where we abandon reason and we abandon hope. And, you know, like after that accident, uh, I had never had an issue with anxiety. Mm-hmm. A month after that happened, I had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. That was so bad. It lasted four days. Mm. Um, Aaron was really worried about me. Mm-hmm. Um, she thought that I was never going to recover from it. I tried to show up to work twice, walked in, stared at everybody, immediately turned around and paced the parking lot until somebody came and picked me up. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up going to the doctor, obviously, and getting evaluated and got on, uh, you know, I got on medication. Ibuprofen. You know? uh, no. Tylenol. No, I wish Advil. it was something simple like that. But... It could have gone the other way, right? Like if I hadn't had the time, Benadryl. For people to reach out, Benadryl would have worked. Benadryl <laughs> did work a couple of nights. It put yeah. me to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Nyquil. <laughs> but it was it was right there when I woke up again. Uh-huh. Nyquil just gives me weird dreams. Yeah. But I, I just um, so I guess where did this come from then? If there's nothing in the Bible that de- definitively says mm-hmm. it, right? And it would come from the idea of this idea of when I sin, it separates me from God. And therefore, if I sin and don't have a chance to ask for forgiveness for that sin, then that means I'm going to hell. Um, but I, 
I think that, at least with my theology, I don't see it as God keeping a checklist of, hey, every time you sin, you have to ask forgiveness for that sin, um, and I'm keeping a tally. You know, um, I just don't think, I don't see that that's how God works. I mean, God wants us to move away from sin, and he's saying, choose me over sin. Um, But that's a process of, you know, a church word would be sanctification, right? Uh, it's a process of becoming more and more like Jesus that we're all in the process of. When when you put your faith in Jesus, you don't just stop sinning. Right. Like, that. that's not reality. That's based in, like, bad bad reality, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so does that mean that when I do something wrong, I shouldn't ask for forgiveness? Of course. You know, you should always be repentant, right? Um, we should always be turning away from those things that we know are wrong, even if it's something that's recurring in our life. Um, you know, it's something that uh, we need to consistently be bringing, bringing before God in prayer and saying, Jesus, I, I don't want to take what you did for me for granted, and I'm sorry for for turning my, you know, for for choosing this over you, uh, forgive me and help me move forward and, and, and get away from that. Um, but I don't think that if you're in your car, you know, having a conversation with Aaron and she says, hey, uh, you know, are you driving the speed limit? Um, and you're like speeding a little bit and you're like, no, I'm driving the speed limit. And you lie to her, a little white lie like that. Um, and then all of a sudden you get in an accident and die that God said, ah, you didn't ask for forgiveness. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, because the Bible— Do not pass go. Do not collect $200 straight to hell. That's harsh. <laughs> that is harsh. Yeah. I just don't—I don't see—I see God being a lot more loving and wise than that. Okay. Um, and God is looking at the whole of the heart um, and the whole of the situation. Um, and ultimately, it's, it's our faith in Jesus that saves us and not our performance. Well said. Yeah, because the Bible says that no sin is greater than the other, right? Yeah. Or no? No, yeah. Okay. Other than the one that I mentioned before. Right, right. Um, And you're right. There's a million little things that we do every day that I know that not only do I not ask for forgiveness for Mm -hmm. it, I don't even remember that I did it. So I guarantee there's a Mm -hmm. lot of unaccounted wreckage that I've left in my wake that I've never asked for forgiveness for and uh probably those same people that are condemning people who commit suicide to hell uh, are in the same boat mm-hmm. you know so i don't i just i have a hard time uh wrapping my head around uh, the same people that believe that no sin is greater than the other mm-hmm. that um, but then those same people would be like don't drink but it's okay to eat all you can at a buffet when gluttony is just as much of a sin as whatever else Drink, yeah, drinking isn't a sin, so that's a bad example. Well, I guarantee everybody has committed that sin during COVID. What gluttony? Gluttony? Oh yeah, yeah. Or not? You know, uh, the scripture says, "Take care of your body." Right? Yeah. Your body's a temple. Take care of it, and uh, we put all this crap in it. You know, it is God going to be like, "Sorry, I know that you said you loved me and you followed me, but you ate too much sugar, and so straight to hell." Right. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Shouldn't have had that Kool Aid. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. <laughs> you know, and so I, you know, we we weigh these things. Yeah. You know, uh, some people are like, it's cool to watch nudity in a movie, and other people are like, no, you can't. That's that's lustful and that's sin. And other people say, you know, this that. You know, there's just so many varying things um, that ultimately we're not asking the right questions. Right. The right question is, 
you know, God, how do you want me to live and where do you want me to invest my time and how can I make you Lord of my life and make you first? Um, and, and it becomes less about performance and more about obedience. Right. So then let me ask you this, because I want to approach it both from the, somebody who's agnostic that's, and atheistic. That's, that's kind of a, a tangent, wasn't it? I apologize. Good way to bring no. us back. You're doing great. It wasn't a tangent. Okay. No, no, no. I just... um. Because there was a couple of different uh, angles I wanted to approach sure. this from. So, from an agnostic, yes. Well, so there is no God, so right. it doesn't matter. Right, but for life is over; it's over. Next. Wow, wow. <laughs> That's the agnostic, or I guess no, that would be atheist. Agnostic says there is a God. I don't know. Right, right. Okay. So somebody who's going through that, right, and they've reached the end, and they're. They feel they've got no other choice, mm-hmm. right? And suicide is the only way out. Okay. How is that allowed? And I know you hate that term because it's you and I've talked about how is what allowed things to happen for somebody to get to that point without having, uh, you know, a strong influence to pull them away from that, uh, from a some sort of you want God to intervene. To I guess so. Yeah, yeah. And I don't stop that person from killing themselves. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it, what's wrong with that? Sometimes he does. I think. And sometimes he doesn't. Uh huh. I think God can see the bigger picture. So then, there's a bigger picture in that act. For well, some I. This is. I know this, this is, is a not, touchy subject. This is no. It's not that it's touchy. It's that it's not. I don't have biblical foundation for what i'm about to say okay and so i'll get ridiculed all over the internet no, you won't just by you um <sighs> i think that god knows our heart okay and god knows what we're gonna choose um and i think that if he knows that there's hope that you're gonna choose him that maybe he'll intervene but if he knows that you're not going to choose him no matter what he does, that maybe, I don't know. I don't think that's true either. I take it back. I take that all back. That's not true. That's painting God in a light. That That's that's using God's name in vain and saying something that God would or wouldn't do. Um, and I don't actually know that that's true. So sure. I take that back. Erase. It's fair. <laughs> don't listen to anything I just said because that was all stupid. I don't know why God sometimes intervenes and sometimes he doesn't. That's the answer I have. Um, I wish, and I think that sometimes he does intervene, and maybe we don't see it. Um, I think that sometimes he intervenes, and we don't want to hear it. Um, That's a good point. I didn't think of that. Um, if if I'm there, and God's intervening, and I say, I don't care what you say. I don't trust you. I don't believe you. I'm killing myself. Well, then maybe we don't know. We don't know what happens in the last moments of a person's life. Maybe God is there talking to them. Uh, maybe God is is drawing them to himself in that moment, and he's using that last sin as as a catalyst to get you into the kingdom. That's an interesting take, because yeah, I, I struggle with the fact that somebody... And that's you, another problem I'm going to tell you, is that we as human beings think that death is the end. Because we have finite minds. Because we right? have finite minds. Right. When the reality is, is God is looking big picture, which is eternal, and he's going to do what he has to do uh, to reach you to get you into the eternal. And so I'm not saying it always works out that way, but we don't know how God is going to use something that was intended for evil to be good. Now, at your last breath, when your soul leaves your body, that's it, right? You don't, in the afterlife, you don't get to change your mind 
of what you chose in this lifetime. So uh, we either choose Jesus or we reject Jesus in this lifetime. Um, but we don't know what God is doing in those last moments of a person's life. Okay. Yeah, that that's a hard pill to swallow because when you think of when you finally got to that point, right? Which point of dying? Dying. Or when, when you're at the point where you want to take your own life. Mm-hmm. You are trying to escape your current reality, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're thinking... And it again, can't get worse is, than this. Right. And then a non-believer goes to hell, and it does get worse. Mm-hmm. I just have a hard time rationalizing that in my finite mind that somebody who struggled so much in their human life, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what else to call it there, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and then is condemned to hell to just go through the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I just... It sucks. It, it's. I guess that's the only term for it. It sucks. I mm-hmm. don't understand it. I don't necessarily agree with it. And I don't. I don't. Uh, that that's an eternity of mm-hmm. just living a horrible life. Yeah, I don't know that I like it all that much either. Okay. Um, but I'm also not God, and I don't get to make up the rules. Right. Um, I am. I am the creation, not the creator. Um. If I build a robot, it doesn't get to start telling me how how it functions. Right. Because I made it, and I made it to function a certain way, and it can choose not to function that way and function incorrectly. Um, and then I get mad at it and take it apart. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking of the uh, little uh, R2-D2 I just built for my 12-year-old <laughs> and how much it frustrated the heck uh-huh. out of me. So there's a really good story in, man, it's in the Gospels, um, about this this... Is it in the Gospels? I can't remember for sure. Basically, it's a guy that dies, um, and he's there's a there's a chasm, right? And he's on this other side that is all fiery and terrible. And then uh, I think it's I can't remember who's on the other side, but they're uh, they're talking to this guy, and and he's like, "It's hot. It's terrible here. It's eternal damnation. Like, give me some water." And they're like, "We can't. We can't get to you. There's this chasm in between us." And he's like, well, is there any way for me to get out of here? And they're like, they're like, there's nothing we can do. And he said, well, then at least go tell my brothers, tell my family about this place so that they don't end up here too, you know? Um, and that that's an unfortunate reality of either we choose Jesus or we don't. Yeah. Um, and if we choose, if we don't choose Jesus, then there's consequences for that, whether we like it or not. So, and I am going to go off on a little bit of a tangent. I wasn't expecting to go this way. But uh, just based on our conversation, you know, and how, uh, you know. This one today? Yeah. Okay. Man, you make me get so specific. My gosh, you're loving it. Um, (laughs) I just like to mess with you. uh, Yeah. You and my wife both. (laughs) I know you guys have been texting or something. No, I've never (laughs) talked to your wife in my entire life. But, um. How do you reconcile all this in in your head when you know you're you're in the church, you know you speak in front of a congregation, mm-hmm. um, and you still struggle with some of these things and the unexplainable? Mm-hmm. How do you rationalize that in your head and just say, "I know that there's a bigger picture. I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I'm still going to accept it and move forward." Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's a faith thing. It's a trust that 
I've seen the goodness of God in my life, and so I trust that that goodness is is bigger than I can understand. Okay. Um, I I know in the Gospels I see how Jesus talks and treats people and the way that he loves people, and um, he made a lot of choices then too that the Israelites didn't understand how he was doing things and and, and it was confusing to them. Um, and I think that God just operates in a space that I can't understand um, because I'm a human and he's God. And I think that that's how I rationalize it is God is God and, and I am not. And I'm. it's impossible for me. It, it's an unrealistic expectation for me to think that I'm going to understand everything the way that God does and know everything that God does. No matter, no matter if, if it's, if it's my faith or a different faith, sure. for you to think that you're going to fully understand every, like, we have no idea what is outside of this reality. No idea. Right. I, you know, eternity is a really long time. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what all eternity holds. And for me to pretend that I do uh, is deceiving myself and deceiving others. All I know is what God has given me, um, the truth that I find in Scripture. Um and then uh, holding on to that faith to trust that, hey, if I put my faith in Jesus, uh, that that's what I what I need uh, in order to uh, know his goodness and grace to me. Um, and I want to be able to share that with other people. Um, and that's, I don't know. And I just don't know. I don't know the bigger, I, I can't, there's no way for me to fully understand the bigger picture. Okay. No, I appreciate you being that honest. That's uh, pretty refreshing. I um, I mean, I wish I could tell you different, but yeah, I wish you could too, because but I don't. It's a little frustrating. I'm I'm as human as you. Yeah, I think you're superhuman. I'm not. Um, I've been working out for four weeks though. Nice. Right. I know. I see the veins on the forearms. Does that mean that I've been working out? Well, it means you got lower body fat. Yeah, it's. I'm almost forty. How much does that suck? You're not almost forty. I'm almost forty. You're well, younger than me. Because you're 39. 30. I turned 39 in June, See? so I'm still 38. Jessica just turned 39 yesterday. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. I'm 37, and I have a small little tube <laughs> around my belly that I've been working out everything, but I'm not, I hate cardio. And oh. so they say the only way to get rid of it is to do cardio. And I'm like, nah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. It'll remain. Yeah. There's abs I've under there. enough. <laughs> like, the, even if you do ab workouts... Yeah. Like, you'll never see it until you do the cardio to get rid of the fat there. That's exactly right. That's so, exactly right. So then I just don't do abs either. <laughs> oh Sorry. Now, that was a tangent. Not, that yeah. was a tangent. Yeah. Do you have another question for me? Uh, well, one, uh, just one other side of it. Okay. So for a believer that uh, takes their own life, mm-hmm. how does that fit into the bigger picture of God? Because all that I see that does when you have a big name in religion, whether it be, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who, uh, like the Benny Hens of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, ju- I said, I don't name, think but. that it's ever God's plan that we take our life. Right. But for him to know that the fallout of that's just going to bring a lot more mm-hmm. negativity to the so, Christian religion. Okay. This is another good tangent of mine. That's not biblically based, okay. um, but is a real possibility. So when I was in my philosophy class in college, uh, we went through all of these different philosophers and stuff, and we talked about possible worlds, right? Are you familiar with possible worlds? No. So possible worlds is, is I'm sitting with you, 
And after we're done, I get to make choices. I can stay in here and work. I can go to the coffee shop and work. I can decide to go home. Like I have unlimited possibilities of what I could do. And each decision is like the butterfly effect, right? So each decision is a different possible world. And so I think that there are multiple possible worlds going on um, simultaneously that God knows the decision that we're going to make before we make it. So he knows what the possible world is. So he can do everything he can to intervene with you as a believer to not commit suicide. But ultimately, it's your choice, and you choose to do it anyway. Um, and so uh, he knows the possible world of you choosing not and the possible world of you choosing to. Um, and he can turn that choice, whether good or bad, into something that is good, that is beneficial to the kingdom. I like that. I don't know if it's rooted in any kind of reality. Sure. <laughs> but that's one of the things that I've thought through is, um, you know, God knows what choice I'm going to make before I make it, um, and he knows how that's ultimately going to affect the bigger picture. And I think that God has the big plan, right, um, from Genesis to Revelation that is happening. Um, but then there's all these little things happening in the midst as well. Um, and all the little things can have different roads and off-roads, but ultimately it's all going to end up working together for the the grand plan. Okay. That's a lot to wrap your head around. Yeah, it's very philosophical. Yeah. No, I because uh, my brain races uh, a million different ways when I think about what. So we're watching... Uh, I feel like show. I've said a lot of things today that are just going to get me ridiculed. No, this is we we told everybody that this was how this show was going to be, right? That we're going to say, well, that we're going to put a human stuff. face to these things, right? You're not yeah. just shoving out a generic answer to me and saying, yeah. you know, reading me a bunch. Ah, uh, put cookies <laughs> in front of me in the middle of a thought. <laughs> that is so mean, Jerry. Sorry, this isn't just any cookie. This is a crumble cookie from some cookie shop. Oh my gosh, that they gave out for Mother's Day. And they had extras. All right. Well, I'm just not going to stare at it. I'm going to stare at you. It's hard, though. Can you hear that? Yeah. Sorry. Hard. Continue. Had a lot of tangents today. but um, That wraps up our show for today. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're watching um, a show called uh, Supernatural. Okay. That was on forever. And while there's a lot of things out in there that are taken out of context, mm -hmm. they ask a lot of uh, very real questions and mm -hmm. they they put uh you know kind of a storyline to it and um it, it's interesting to see how different people struggle and try to find their own answers when they're struggling with uh with different things mm -hmm. and i think the the hard thing uh, for me and um what i was finding on the um internet is that we're always told God has, God's grace is endless, right? Mm -hmm. God's grace is endless. So wouldn't it make sense for somebody that who's, and then we'll wrap up here, that's lived in despair and know nothing but despair and has nothing to show them that following God or believing in God is going to make their life better. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it make sense that a God that is full of grace that even after that's happened, even after the soul has left, that not a sit down, but there's got to be another conversation that that's had before God just says, sorry, you're, you're going downstairs. 
like that you've used upstairs and downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. such the nice way to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to the basement. Yeah. Get down there. Yeah, I, I just um, because I have a hard I have a hard time saying that they're condemned to hell. Uh huh. Y- you know. Well, and you can't you can't condemn someone to heaven any more than you can condemn someone to hell. Right. Um, and so again, that's not our job. Um, and uh, ultimately, God knows that no matter what the circumstances are, He knows what your heart is, where your heart's at. Yeah. Um. And and that sucks. It sucks that some people have good childhoods and some people have bad childhoods. Yeah. And it sucks that uh, some people are born in first world countries and other people are born in third world countries. Um, it sucks that some people are are born in peace times yeah. and some people are born in the middle of a war. Yeah. Um. And all of these, uh, we can use those things as excuses. Um. Or we can say this is just the reality of a broken world because of our abandonment of God in the first place and that this is never what God would have wanted for us, but he's allowed it in order to put us in a place where we now have the choice. Do I want God or do I not? And that ultimately is what it falls down to. No matter what my circumstances are, um, if I'm going through terrible depression, do I want God or do I not? Right. Do I want Jesus or do I not? Do I believe that he is who he says he is or do I not? And ultimately, that's that's what separates the pack. Yeah, cause, uh, so I agree with what you're saying, but I also think that that takes like a, a really, really open and grounded mind to think that way. Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest, when I'm driving downtown and I see uh, homeless people on the street, you know, I see people begging for money, mm-hmm. I can count over and over again in my life where if I hadn't had people intervene or help me out Mm -hmm. or had a support system that I would be in the same exact position Mm -hmm. as a lot of those people. And well, maybe they did, but so then the the next thing they chose their choice or, or not. Sometimes they're there because they don't want to be right. And so then my natural reaction is to say, God, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. You've extended grace to me to areas mm-hmm. that I shouldn't have. I've but you're still thinking that. of grace in, in the physical and not grace in the spiritual. Okay. So I can be a homeless person for 50 years, and I still can enter into the kingdom for all eternity. And 50 years ends up being not that big a deal, um, which is hard to say in the moment and hard to say someone that's living it. Yeah, it's hard to rationalize it. Yeah, to- yeah it, it's not rational. It's irrational. Um, because God is kind of God. God is beyond our circumstances, and God is beyond this moment. Um, and so, um, I think that that it's easy for me to say that because of where I am in my life. That's where I land. But it doesn't make it less true. Well, I knew you were going to follow up with something like that, right? It's true. It's it's a hard pill to swallow. I don't like that answer, but it doesn't it's mean right. that I like it, yeah. and it doesn't mean that. Uh, but people are gonna, you know, yeah. It it's just it's an unfortunate reality. Yeah. Um. But we have to live for the realities of the eternal, and not just the realities of the physical and circumstantial in this moment. Okay. I don't know if that helps or not. It does. It, it doesn't make it any easier for me to wrap my head around, mm-hmm. but it 
it gives me more to to think about and yeah. try to connect the dots. Um, last question. Uh, a lot of the people that um, make the news as committing suicide, mm-hmm. and, you know, not... Famous people. Famous people. Um, the biggest reaction that you always get is... Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson didn't commit suicide. Did that he? was his doctor. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams, Chester Bennington. Okay. Uh, yes, those guys. Right. But the reason I say that in context is to bring it down to our level that um, a lot of times there there's signs and there's everything that's that's missed, right? You have mm-hmm. no idea that these people are struggling. Mm-hmm. So how does the church reach out to people like that when mm-hmm. that is so hard to identify? And how do you connect? Yeah. To people like well, that. you can't identify until they identify it themselves. But you can start. You can be trained to look for the signs. Okay. Um, so there's actually a really good organization called Eye Seekers okay. that we've done training with. They're out of California, I believe. Um, but you can go to their website, Eye Seekers, and they they do all kinds of they do trainings on what to look for. They also do trainings on how to help somebody that is in that place where they're ready to commit suicide. Um, but uh, the big thing is, is preventative care and and being aware of things that people will do or say um, that uh, are thinking about suicide, and then what are the right questions to ask in that situation. So we actually did a training here where they came out, and we did, like, situational training where, you know, they had they would stand on a chair and say, okay, I'm on a ledge. Uh, how do you talk me down? Go. You know? Um, wow. And so, okay. so I, I think that anything that you can do um, I know that there's local places too that will often do suicide trainings and things like that. Um, anything that you can do to help prepare yourself to work on that observant skill uh, of of how can you read the signs? You know, uh, even someone who is not showing up to things anymore, um, because when you're in that place of depression, you just don't want to be around people, and you'll typically stay home and kind of dwell within yourself. Um, and so recognizing. Uh, where is this person? How come they're not around anymore? Um, and doing some of that investigation. And, and the reality is is it, it, it takes work on our part because when you take that on, you're taking on a lot because, um, I mean, it's someone's life. But uh, I think that as a community, uh, not Christian and non-Christian alike, I think that that's something that we can agree um, to invest our time in in order mm-hmm. to, to help those who, who are struggling. Okay, and this last question might put you. No, you said that was the last question. <laughs> Gosh, you are Go ahead. on something today. <laughs> Say there's somebody out there that's okay. listening to this uh, podcast today. Yep. That's on the fence with something as serious as that. Yep. What is something that you might say to them that would give them some sort of beacon or some sort of guide at this point? I mean, one good question is, um, you know. A lot of times they feel like they don't have anything to live for, uh-huh. but almost everybody has someone in their life um, that is significant to them. Not almost everybody. Everybody does. Um, and so that that's kind of a good place is you have to ground them in something that um, that is connected to this life that they don't want to lose. And we all have something that we don't want to lose. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, do you have any kids? You know, yeah, I do, but they don't they don't listen to me and they don't talk to me, you know, and they don't like me. Okay, well, well, let's talk about that. Do you really think that they don't like you? Do you realize how how important a, a father is in a person's life, even if it comes in 
later on in their life? And, and what steps can you take to mend that relationship? And, and you know, and, and so you start talking about these, these practical things, these real yeah. things in their life of something that they're attached to, um, you know, or if they think they don't have purpose, you can ask, you know, well, what are some things that you enjoy doing? What do you like to do? Um, you know, and, and it, it, it's building that it's having a conversation with them and, and helping ask yeah. the right questions for them to drive the conversation, bringing them to the reality of my life does have value and my life does have purpose because everybody's life has value and everybody's life has purpose. Um, and it sucks that you're going through what you're going through. Um, but you don't just know that there are, there are definitely people out there who are ready to walk through that with you. Um, yeah, there are people out there that want to walk through that with you. So, perfect, perfect. No, I think that's great stuff. I I, I know this was a heavy subject, um, and uh, I pretty much agree with a lot of the points you made today. There's the end result there is still something I'll still struggle with, but sure. that's uh, allowable. That's part of it, right? Right. Unfortunately. All right, my man. Well, good stuff today. We'll get this up and posted, and we'll be back in just uh, a couple of weeks. Sweet. Thank you.